The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Back here on Monday, November 18th. And we are ready to talk injuries with Dr. David Chow. And then Will Brinson and Chris Towers are joining me in a bit. Hey, uh, remember that Patriots-Rams Super Bowl? Well, these two teams are really struggling on offense, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. Right now, we welcome you to the Fantasy Football Today Road Tour, presented by Little Caesars. Pizza for dinner tonight? How about ordering your favorite online from Little Caesars and using Pizza Portal Pickup? It's the latest, greatest, and hottest way to pick up a pizza without even going to the register. Dr. David Chow of ProFootballDoc.com, and you can follow him. You better follow him on Twitter, at ProFootballDoc. Uh, Doc, he has a podcast. He's just—he's got so much great injury information. Welcome back. How you doing, Doctor Chow? I'm doing good, Adam. Thanks for having me. It is always a pleasure. Let's start with Marlon Mack. What do you think we're looking at here with Mack and his broken hand? Well, what we said yesterday at Twitter and at the ProFootballDoc.com has come true—that he broke his a metacarpal in his right hand and will have surgery on it. And interestingly enough, he broke it warding off a tackler, and uh, he still gained another 10 yards <laughs> before he <laughs> he uh, went out of bounds and, uh, and exited the game. A short week, which makes it very hard, essentially impossible to play uh, this Thursday when the, uh, the Colts play the Texans. Uh, but he shouldn't be too long. I mean, the surgery actually stabilizes things. Uh, you got to remember DeMarco Murray a couple of years ago. I've done this with running backs as well. Uh, played the next week, but Thursday is just a lot to ask for. So he should be back as fantasy football playoffs come around. The worry, though, is uh, how effective will he be being a left handed ball carrier? Obviously, you usually you carry the ball on the outside hand. So when you run into the right, you're carrying it in the right, but he'll be carrying it exclusively in the left hand. And what will his role be in the passing game, either catching passes or pass protection? So I think that's what in fantasy you have to worry about. Yeah. Injury-wise, he could return uh, for the Week 13 game, but you got to be a little careful there. Okay, that's interesting. I guess if there's one running back or he'd be in a short list of running backs that you – I guess would be the most okay with having an injury like this because he just doesn't do much in the passing game. But that is a good point. I mean, he gets so many carries and makes up for it. Uh, meanwhile, Matthew Stafford. So what's going on here? Because we got a report that, you know, from Ian Rappaport and then ESPN, that it could be a six-week injury. Are we looking at a season-long thing for Stafford? You expressed some optimism last week, I believe. Oh, I totally did. And and thank you for the chance to walk it back some. I expressed <laughs> a lot of op- optimism based on the reports that it was a transverse process fracture, right? And based on the reports that that Matt Patricia said it was up to him if he could play. 
mm-hmm. right? Well, uh, since he didn't practice all of last week and was ruled out, that's not the pattern of a transverse process fracture. Since uh, Matthew Stafford is as tough as they come, right? Is 136 game streak only Philip Rivers more? I mean, Derek Carr, Cam Newton, Tony Romo all missed only one week with transverse process fracture. And so if you add it all up and you add in Ian's report and six weeks and so forth, I think he's got more than a transverse process fracture. First of all, upper thoracic transverse process fractures are almost never isolated. They come with associated other injuries. So yes, at this point, this is more than just a simple transverse process fracture down in the lumbar spine. It's something in his upper spine. And so I, I have to take back the book it. he's going to play well before Thanksgiving and around Thanksgiving. I think he's iffy on Thanksgiving now. The six-week timeline, maybe he can shave it down to four or five, but uh, he's not playing this next week either. And let's see if he even practices. And then I could come to find out that Bob Quinn said the doctors actually ruled him out the first week. And I don't think you would rule someone out with a transverse process fracture. So based on reviewing everything here, uh, you know, you got to call a spade a spade. And and, uh, I think my impressions, although based on other reports of the transverse process, are not going to be correct. Do not count on him for Thanksgiving. Wow. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you out there. (laughs) <laughs> but it's good to no, update you know, the info. Adam, it's, it's, it's good. Like, you got to own it, right? I mean, you know, right, it's, right. It's, not like it, it's not like I'm examining Matthew Stafford and, and perhaps was wrong. And even then, you can't always predict, predict the guy's healing. Right. And so I actually appreciate, A, the chance to rectify what I said, and B, appreciate the chance of, of being called out. I think it's a lot more authentic to say, yeah, that one wasn't right. I mean, you can't sit here and be one of these guys on on on. That Sunday morning radio, pick me on 1700 and zero against the spread. You know, I mean, you got, I mean, it is what it is. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's very important in this industry. You have to own up to it for sure. So that was, that was interesting stuff on Stafford. Now, Deshaun Watson. So you saw something with Deshaun Watson. He's got obviously the short week game against uh, the Colts on Thursday. What did you see with Watson on Sunday? Well, once again, video on the website, I said, you know, he got a right high ankle sprain. Now, it's not severe. It probably could be similar a little bit to what Patrick Mahomes got in week one and where he played through uh, and until he re-aggravated in week five and six for Patrick Mahomes. So Deshaun Watson is in a similar boat. It's his right ankle, not his left. Pat Mahomes was his left. But it's a mild high ankle sprain by, by video. He was lucky to get his foot out. He limped a little bit. He's a great athlete. You could barely tell he played through. But it is a short week game. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be fine, but I think he's going to be perhaps a little less mobile than typical. What can you tell us about Mitchell Trubisky? A lot of quarterback injuries, I guess. Uh, Trubisky and Jameis Winston with an ankle. Yeah, if I had to rate them, okay, (laughs) I get a lot of fans are saying Trubisky isn't hurt at all. The Bears are lying. I don't believe the Bears are lying about Mitch Trubisky's hip issue. I do think... Matt Nagy is embellishing a little bit. And who can blame him? He's trying to protect his quarterback, sure. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and think about this. I went and actually analyzed the plays, and in, 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 uh, you can see them at the website. And he did get hurt at the end of the first quarter when he took a knee to the backside of the hip hard enough for Michael Brockers that he actually dropped the ball as he was going to the ground uh, when he got kneed there. And so that can swell up and be sore. Is his hip hurt? Is he sore there? Absolutely. 
Did it tighten up on him? Probably. Is he injured where he couldn't have played the final three minutes? No, I don't think he's injured. I think he's hurt. I think the Bears aren't lying. But think about this. Deshaun Watts, of the three quarterbacks that, quote, got injured on Sunday, Deshaun Watson, Jameis Winston, and Mitchell Trubisky, I would say Watson's the worst. Next worst is Jameis Winston with a medial ankle sprain, deltoid sprain, which he should do fine from, even though he's limping all over the field. And Trist Trubisky was the least of the three. But given how the Bears' offense has struggled, do you blame Nagy for replacing a 90% healthy Mitch Trubisky? No. Look, and, and, and 80% healthy Deshaun Watson, play the guy, right? I mean, you know, a, a 90%. So he's telling the truth that there, I think there is something with the hip, but, you know, to say that it's only the hip and the hip was the only reason, you know, that doesn't pass the smell test for most people. But I don't think he's lying. Yeah. He's just maybe embellishing no, a makes little sense. Bit. That makes total sense. The Bears get the Giants this week, so either Chase Daniel or Trubisky could actually be a good streamer. And final one for well, you. And, 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 and let me tell you, I think the decision, I think this week, you're going to see see Trubisky either out or limited practice because they need to continue the narrative. <laughs> but the starter on Sunday against the Giants will be who Matt Nagy wants it to be. Trubisky right. will be available. Okay. It's good to it's good insight. And finally, T.Y. Hilton making progress. Some optimism that he might be able to play on Thursday. Do you think we'll see T.Y. Hilton? Um, I'd love to see T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he's <laughs> Me as too. tough as they come, but uh, and you know this is certainly a big enough matchup against AFC South rival. You know uh, they're going to have to get past the Texans if they're going to try and win the division, and so it's a big game. So maybe, but you have to balance that against the risk of aggravating it and being out another three weeks versus skipping this game, getting an extra ten days of rest. So uh, hard to predict soft tissue injuries. Uh, if it weren't the Texans in this big game, I would say no. But because it is, let's keep our eyes and ears open and see what happens. Yeah, and our fingers crossed. And Dr. Chow, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, Adam. Please follow him on Twitter, at ProFootballDoc, and the website, ProFootballDoc.com. All right, we're coming right back with Will and Chris to talk about some struggling offenses, some quarterbacks with good playoff matchups, and how much you can trust Deshaun Watson with his brutal matchups coming up. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You ready, Chris Towers? Yeah! All right. 
How's uh, how's Disney Plus treating you? Have you left your apartment since you got it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I leave my apartment almost every day, Adam. Oh, that's good. I certainly Sometimes don't. I have to go to work. I walk my dog. I got all kinds of reasons to leave. Cool. Uh, how you doing, Chris? How's week I'm, 11? It was a good week for me. Nice. Things actually went well. Good. Which is a, a welcome change. Ah, good, good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, Will is going to join us in a moment, and we're going to talk about the Rams offense, Patriots offense, talk about Nick Foles and Sam Darnold as they get ready for the fantasy postseason, and they've got some good matchups coming up. Uh, one thing I know about Will Brinson, Will likes to party. Will likes, <laughs> Will likes to party. What's up, Will Brinson? I can't imagine. I... Go ahead. I just can't imagine. Like, I need to meet your family and the people who deal with you on a day-to-day basis, <laughs> just to like see what, like, to see what they think. Like, people want to meet my wife just because they're like, "What is she? How does she put up with you?" Um, Here we go. It's so. This song is so. Ask for Sturgill Simpson, and that's what I got. This song is so fun. I love the Simpsons, but you're not getting the Simpsons today. Okay, let's uh, let's get into the the action here because I know Will has to hop off for a radio hit in a little bit. So the the Patriots offense, uh, we've got a team that is currently fourth in the NFL in points scored. But if you remove all of their defensive and special teams touchdowns and one safety. They are like 11th in points scored, and that actually would tie them with the Rams, who we are going to talk about a little bit later. Tom Brady has openly expressed some frustration, and the, you know the schedule looks pretty good for him, but his history of passing in December doesn't look great for him, so that's those are two competing things there. But Chris, you said you wrote something about it on the website, and Heath wrote something about it on the website. Where are you on, on the Patriots' offense right now? It's been... I mean, you said they're <clears throat> 11th overall for the season, but, you know, if you went by just like the last month or so, maybe the last five weeks, four games for them, including their bye, I have to imagine they'd be even worse because this is a team that just really has not been able to move the ball well. They've been uh, below 350 yards of total offense in each of their last four games. And, you know, Tom Brady is having statistically – what is probably his worst season, lowest yards per attempt since 2006, lowest touchdown percentage ever, Um, not throwing many interceptions. So that's a positive, but they also haven't rushed for more than 79 yards as a team in any of their last four games. This is a team that, you know, we coming into any season really with the Patriots, you, you want some exposure to them from a fantasy perspective because you know, they're going to score efficiently. They might not you know, have a, an 1,100-yard receiver every year. They might not have a 1,000-yard rusher, but there's always going to be fantasy value here because they're going to be an efficient offense. And I'm not sure that's the case anymore. Will? Yeah, I mean, I would say this. Like, one, we treated Tom Brady, uh, and I'm not I'm not trying to say the Patriots are who we thought they were, but, like, we treated Tom Brady as a backup quarterback, like a, a decent QB two, right? And that's sort of what he's been. I mean, he hadn't been explosive. He's had some decent games. Um, he's got more points than like Matthew Stafford, who I know is injured, obviously, but um, you've got more points than like Carson Wentz. I mean, he, he hasn't been great, but he's been sort of like, you've gotten a decent ROI on him. Sony Michelle has been the real bust, I think, but anyone who um, came into this year expecting the Patriots to magically morph into a workhorse running offense, a rushing offense, 
you know, I mean, it hadn't been like that since Corey Dillon. I don't know why you would you would think it would be the case now. Julian Edelman has been a viable wide receiver too for them. They don't have a tight end. We knew they didn't have a tight end, uh, and their defense has been awesome. They haven't had to score a ton of points to keep up. I think it'll change a little bit down the stretch against some better offenses. But by and large, this is not a great offense right now, and they're sort of figuring themselves out. But this is also from a real, from a re, quote unquote, real football standpoint. This is where Bill Belichick doesn't mind being. He's a one-loss team going into the final quarter of the stretch run of the season, and he can figure out the offense, and he knows that, I mean, who, who the hell knows? Maybe Grant comes back to the playoffs. Uh, maybe they figure something out, but they have the ability to get hot in the, in the playoffs, and that's all they really care about. They don't. This has never been a, really that fantasy-friendly of a team outside of the fact that they score a bunch of points. I mean, like, there's, ne- there's never been a bunch of workhorses, right? Well, well before the mm-hmm. season, we did expect two starting viable fantasy options at wide receiver – and two viable starting fantasy options at running back. Right now, there's one, I think, overall. I'm not even that's saying that's, one of each position. I think, I think there's Edelman and then James White is a, a flex in PPR. But other than that, I really don't think – like th- this has been for, for fantasy purposes. I mean, Sonny Michel did have a three-touchdown game four weeks ago. I think he had 45 rushing yards in that game on 20-something attempts. Like if he can get – red zone opportunities and goal line opportunities, he can be fantasy viable. But this offense isn't good enough to get enough of those, I think, at this point for him to be anything more than, you know, maybe a flex. I'll play the optimist and I'll point out that they've faced in their last four games, they faced the Ravens, who have been an elite run defense when Brandon Williams has been healthy. They faced the Eagles and they faced the Jets. The Eagles and the Jets are currently giving up the fewest yards per carry to running backs. Plus, the Ravens are like 14th or something, but that number's a lot better if you remove Nick Chubb's huge performance when Williams missed the game. So they have had tough matchups in terms of running the ball, but I don't believe this is a good running team. I do believe that they've had some workhorses in the past, um, at least on like a per-game basis, like Steven Ridley and LeGarrette Blunt, and even Sony Michelle last year, he averaged about 16 carries per game. Uh, but they they are averaging as a team 3.3 yards per carry. They obviously don't have a good enough offensive line. They've lost their center. They've lost their fullback. They're getting their left tackle back hopefully this week, and that's huge. Also, when you look at yards per carry as a team, you do have to consider there are a lot of running quarterbacks now, and that helps. And Tom Brady, you know, obviously doesn't help that. But they they just can't run the ball that well. James White, just some fantasy stats. He is on a per game basis 41st in non PPR. 39th in, in half PPR, and he's number 21 in PPR. So he could still be considered a flex, but his production, his targets are going down a little bit since Burkhead and Sanu have come back. That's uh, James White, come back or come over. The optimist in me is with Tom Brady. He, uh, he has the fifth most pass attempts in the NFL. The guys in front of him are Cam Newton, Eli Manning, Andy Dalton, and Jameis Winston. He has the most red zone passes in the NFL. He has the most passes inside the 10-yard line, and he's got he's like something like 17th in touchdown passes inside the 10-yard line. So maybe he's been a little bit unlucky. And sure. he's got great matchups coming up. But my issue is what I said earlier. He's not usually a, that good of a passer this time of year, or he just doesn't throw as much, or the weather is a factor. But December's not usually his month. But, you know, look, Edelman were starting all the time. The running backs were going to have to look at the matchups. The wide receivers, I don't know how much faith you can have in them right now. You know, they're flyers. So it comes down to Brady. 
And, uh, you know, I want to be optimistic because I just, I love his schedule going forward and the fact that he's throwing the ball probably, perhaps more than ever. I didn't do that, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's career high. He's throwing the ball a ton. So, um, you know, I, I, I want to be optimistic and I don't think you should drop him. I'll, I'll put it that way and let's see what happens. Uh, let's see what happens this upcoming week and maybe we'll get more confidence in him. He's right around on pace for the most pass attempts he's ever thrown. He's right around 40 per game. Uh, he's never finished a 16-game season at 40 per game. Uh, he came very close in 2012. Yeah, I would I would caution you a little bit on the narrative that Brady's trustworthy down the stretch. Not that I don't think the Patriots would be good. Um, look, the Cowboys, Texans, and Chiefs, I think the next three weeks he can sort of make hay. I would not want to be sitting on Tom Brady for my fantasy championship, though. Well, that's in the playoffs. it. Yeah. Week, 16, yeah, week 16 against the Bills is bad, but the next four opponents are the Cowboys, who have been good against quarterbacks, but not quite as good in their road games. It's a home game for the Patriots. Houston's 26th against, the, against quarterbacks. Kansas City's 23rd, and they're much worse in their road games, and this game's in Foxborough. And the Bengals are 28th. Yeah, look, we're not going to use them in week 16. Yeah, but, but let's all, get there all, first. All, but all I'm saying is that, look, I think he'll throw against the Chiefs because it's at home. It'll probably turn into a shootout because Patrick Mahomes, yada, yada. But the Chiefs are bad against the run, and the way you beat them is by pounding the ball. Can, and you, it feels like can it they be. run against the Chiefs? <laughs> they they can't run against anyone right now. Well, like, all right, it's fine. The Bengals. I don't think he'll throw they, against the Bengals. Well, the thing is, so the thing is, they yeah. can't really do anything against anyone right now. That's sort of true. They uh, can play defense. They can yeah. play defense. Yeah. And, that, and that's why there's also, there's no panic. Like they're they're nine and one. There's no reason for them. Like I think one mitigating circumstance could be, uh, as Will mentioned, maybe Rob Gronkowski comes back. But even then, it's going to take him a while to to get up to speed. He's not going to step on the field in week twelve and automatically turn Tom Brady. But one thing that we have seen over the last six seven years is that when Tom Brady hasn't had Rob Gronkowski available, he's been a significantly worse fantasy quarterback. It's true. Two thousand seventeen though was 42. an exception. Um, go ahead, Will. What did you say? He's 42. Like we right. saw, we saw him slow yeah. down last year in late November and December. Remember they lost in, in Miami as they always do. I mean, he slowed down. This is a time of the year where he typically fades a little bit. So I, I don't think we're going to see some Isaiah Wynn comes back and Tom Brady starts blast, you know, throwing it around a bunch, especially when he's at a career high in pass attempts. I think the Patriots would love to minimize his throws between now and the end of the regular season. So he is fresh and ready to roll for the mm-hmm. playoffs. It's possible. We're going to look so dumb. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's possible. Well, to anyone who writes off Tom Brady before he decides he is ready to be written off, right? Well, well Jim, there's Brady's six touchdown yeah. pass to Cowboys. <laughs> is that your Robo? That was pretty good. Uh, all right. I love it. Robo is the best, but he's, uh, he's fun out there. Okay, so let's talk about the Rams offense. Before we do that, have you ordered a pizza online from Little Caesars yet? If not, you're missing out on Pizza Portal Pickup. What is Pizza Portal Pickup? It's like getting a pizza right out of the oven yourself. You walk in, you enter a code on the portal, a door opens, and you're off with your favorite pizza. And whatever pizza you order, it's going to have crazy, crazy amounts of toppings. So it's fun, everybody. Give it a try. But it's only available at Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. All right, the Rams offense. What a strange game last night. What a boring game last night. And uh, they... But it played out exactly as I expected. Oh, yeah? Under 40 was the lock of the week. Beautiful. 24 points in this game, 17-7 Rams. They ran play action on nearly half their snaps. Jared Goff scored four fantasy points, slightly unlucky, with Cooper Cup being ruled out at the one, with a Josh Reynolds deep touchdown pass getting called back. Uh, but really, the story is they just ran the ball. They were just like, yep, yeah, all right, Todd Gurley, 
here you go. 25 carries, 97 yards and a touchdown, three catches, 36 yards. Uh, whether or not he looked good, I think is subjective, but he got a lot of work. And Will, what do you think of the Rams offense right now? Are you optimistic on their offense? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit more than I, than I was before. I mean, I, I think one of the things I'd be worried about, though, is that we saw um, after the Rams were really gashing the Bears in the run game early, uh, Chicago switched to that 6-1 defense, and they proceeded to slow down Todd Gurley uh, pretty substantial amount. I mean, the Rams couldn't do anything in the second half up until that final touchdown drive, which was at that point, like it felt like the bears had kind of given up the, the bears defense was like, we've seen enough from Mitchell Trubisky and Matt third and one Nagy. Um, you know, look, they had the, the Cardinals, um, Seahawks, Cowboys. They have the Ravens first, of course, on Monday night at home, Cardinals, Seahawks, Cowboys and 49ers. That's, it's not a terrible group of matchups, but I don't know if it's a great group of matchups considering how those considering how the Rams like to establish their offense. I am sure that they will light up the Cardinals because everybody lights up the Cardinals, yeah. including Jim Garoppolo. Um, the Ravens defense is number one in DVOA over the last seven weeks. I would anticipate that the, that the Rams look terrible against them. Seahawks are playing a lot better and Jadavion Clowney's a, a field changer and a game wrecker. So if that offensive line for the Rams isn't healthy, I would be a little wary of that. And then Dallas has bodies up front. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm more optimistic about how Jared Goff looked on some throws and how they got the run going in the first half, but I'm not sure that this is going to mat like morph into some high octane offense down the stretch. Mm -hmm. They, they did a couple of things differently. They changed their offensive line around. They had only one guy in his usual spot, Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. All the, the four other linemen were in different spots on Sunday in week 11. And they, as Chris Collinsworth kept talking about, they were running less of their zone blocking scheme and uh, they changed things up a little bit. So they went to more of a power running game and it seemed to work. I mean, look, he was less than four yards per carry, but I guess he looked better. It just doesn't, he doesn't look like the same. I don't know if you guys recall, but it was, I think his final carry Todd Gurley and they iced it. Um, they were up by 10. They were driving and they took a knee after this, but they got the first down on a Gurley carry and he got tackled on an ankle tag. Like he got tackled by the ankle. And I just thought to myself, man, Todd Gurley, if he's right, he slips that tackle and he scores. Uh, so I still, I just don't. Adam, yeah. Adam. Yes. I just point out that I used my allotted time not to do a victory lap on Chris Towers, but instead. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the, the game where he gets 130 all purpose yards and a touchdown is the, the time to do the, the victory lap there. I, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Chris? I think it all comes down to Jared Goff. The play action game just has not been effective for them. And they're dealing with a ton of issues with their receiving core right now. I mean, obviously Robert Woods wasn't there yesterday. We don't know uh, exactly what's going on with him, but Brandon cooks, it'd be surprising if we really see him uh, in week 12 or, or honestly, I'm not even sure yeah, this season. Yeah. Like th this is a guy who's had a ton of concussion issues to this season. So I just don't know. You know, it's really impacted Cooper Cup, who looked like, you know, maybe the best receiver in fantasy over the first like six or seven games. He's really fallen back down to earth. And I just it's not a very good offense right now. And, and Jared Goff, you know, he's been arguably the worst quarterback. He's been a bottom four quarterback statistically uh, passing on play action yesterday. It wasn't any better. Really? Um, That's yeah, he was four for nine with an interception, uh, according to pro football focus. Okay. Well, yeah, he only threw 18 passes, so that is yeah. half the half his passes. I I think the Reynolds touchdown was play action. I don't know. That would have changed things significantly. That was a long touchdown that was called back. Um, but no, I, I mean that's interesting because it seemed like their play action game was better. But 
it was like, oh, this, this, what a nice game. They scored 17 points. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, how many must-starts are there on this team? Do you feel like Todd Gurley is a must-start? Do you feel like Cooper Cup is still a must-start? Cooper Cup has 53, 53 or fewer yards in four of his last five games. I can't see a scenario where I'm sitting Cooper Cup or Todd Gurley. Like, we've had so many injuries at running backs. We've got one or two starters seemingly going out every week. I'm like, I almost sat Todd Gurley this week for for Brian Hill. I ended up putting both I, of them in. I did. That would have been a disaster. I did it. I and did you know it. What? Yeah. I'm oh. not sure I'm the only person who was considering doing that. I did it. And that's. Yeah, and like, I, I did that. This week, Terrible. maybe Stupid. you add Jonathan Williams, just spent a bunch of fab. It looks like he could be in a really good spot, but. You're not going to start him over Todd Gurley, are you? By the way, the Josh Reynolds pass was off the of play action. Just happened to be grinding some tape on that game right now. Uh, guys called, <laughs> had it just flipped over to that play. He was play action. Don't worry about it. No I, I would, I, I would consider starting. I don't know if it's Williams. We'll see if Jordan Wilkins comes back. But I would consider it because Baltimore's run defense is so good, and Chicago's isn't. So look, if you can guarantee me 25 carries from Todd Gurley, hell no, I'm not going to sit Todd Gurley, but. Uh, you know, we'll get into it later in the week, but I don't think he's a slam dunk automatic start just yet. Not against Baltimore. Yes, against Arizona. Let's get to our next topic so we can get more from Will before he has to abandon us. I wanna... I'm not abandoning you, but uh, why don't you just? I'll just leave when the when the radio station calls me. I'll just disappear. You don't have to say goodbye to me. I'll just say. <laughs> I'll hang up and answer the call because they're going to call do, 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 do. Okay. Uh, so by the way, there used to be, I know we talked about not replacing people with like injuries. The Robert Woods thing, man, that is, mm. that, I mean, like, I hope everything is fine with his personal, like I, like, I don't know what it is, but like from a fantasy perspective, when there's a late scratch on the Sunday night game and transactions are locked, like I'm going to lose to Jamie Eisenberg in a matchup of a six and four and five and five team because I have Tariq Cohen on my bench and I couldn't swap him out because now this is my, uh, what, yeah. Woods not in the flex. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't. Yeah, I don't know, man. No, that's tough. Uh, and that's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I should have mentioned that. It's hard to judge Goff when he doesn't have Cooks or Woods, yeah. right? Although last year he was missing Cup and yeah, but that was just he didn't one. Really missed beat. No, he did though. He he was pretty bad after that. This yeah. is we're going back the last five games of the regular season for Jared Goff, and then into the postseason, and now pretty much all of this year, just not that good. So it's yeah. it's a big red flag. Okay, Apple Podcasts, leave us a question, uh, a comment, and a five-star review if you can, and we'll read your questions on our Wednesday and Saturday shows and listen to our other shows, our other podcasts. Will Brinson hosts the Pick 6 podcast. That's awesome. We've got fantasy baseball coverage year-round. Uh, we've got combat sports. We've got golf. We've got college football, college basketball. If you need a sports podcast, CBS Sports is your home. Go to cbssports.com slash podcast or podcasts. Either way, it'll get you there. Ray Martinez says, who is better rest of season, Sam Darnold or Nick Foles? And they both have very good schedules except Darnold. You're not going to want to use him in weeks 15 and 16, most likely against Baltimore and the, and the Steelers. But the four games leading up to that, Oakland, three games rather, Oakland, Cincinnati, and Miami. Meanwhile, Nick Foles, Tennessee this week, that's an okay matchup. Tampa Bay after that, that's great. The Chargers, that's bad. And then it's Oakland and Atlanta. Again, I said this yesterday. We thought Atlanta was a great matchup. They are all of a sudden the greatest defense ever. But, uh, Chris, I'll give you the first word. Who would you rather have rest of season, Darnold or Foles? Nothing good's happening to your team if you're starting either one of these every week. So I think you're just going to play the matchups. I would rather have 
Sam Darnold for the next three weeks. You can say, oh, well, what he did against Miami or, or the Giants two weeks ago when he had like 23 fantasy points and then last week uh, against Washington. Well, that's just the good matchups. But he's got Oakland at Cincinnati and Miami the next three weeks, as you said. Those matchups aren't any worse. So I think I'll take him for the next three weeks. I would hope that I don't have to just pencil him into my lineup for those next three weeks. But if I am in that situation, we've had so many quarterback injuries, I would feel okay given the fact that he's shown over the last two weeks that he can get it done against bad matchups. Okay. Good matchups, bad defense. Yeah, and Jacksonville is 12th in the NFL in passing yards per game. I will bring that up. Nick Foles did score 21 fantasy points at the Colts, who had been a pretty tough matchup. Not that 21 is great, but it's pretty solid. Uh, he threw 47 passes, which is not yeah. something you can really rely on. They're, they have to run the ball more. Will, why don't you at least make the case for Nick Foles over Sam Darnold? I will not. Really? I will. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It, uh, actually, here's the case. Here's the case. Uh, John DeFilippo has been fleeing, has been running, flying around the country, fleeing, scared, running from his addiction to passing and refusal to run. And he loves passing heavy game scripts. He doesn't care that Leonard Fournette can punish the Colts defense and run all over them and potentially set up a game script that's friendly to Nick Foles by utilizing play action. No, 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 no. He just wants to come out with Nick Foles throwing early and often. And that's the case for Nick Foles is John DiFilippo is going to keep throwing because the Jaguars are trying to extract every possible like like micro dollar worth of uh, value out of Foles since they paid him a bunch of money this offseason. Um I'm being mostly sarcastic, but I think but he could throw the ball a bunch. I would along, along that line, Darnold's only attempted 30 passes in three of his last four games. Right. So the volume hasn't been huge there. True. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Foles is a better quarterback right now. If they were if they had the same matchups, I would take Foles. Because I, you know, DJ Chark's really good. <laughs> yeah. That helps. I would take Foles. Uh, but yeah, I think you play the matchups. I think this week we're gonna like Darnold better than Foles. Yeah. Uh, let's do, and we got two more questions here. Michael Farson, is Joe Mixon going to be better than Devin Singletary and Tevin Coleman rest of season? Again, is Joe Mixon going to be better than Devin Singletary and Tevin Coleman rest of season? All three of these guys were started in more than 80% of leagues and Mixon came through the others. Uh, yeah, Singletary was uh, okay. Yeah, they, they really didn't. So Will, you get the first word, Mixon, Singletary, and Coleman. Um, you know what? I'm not going to buy into Mixon quite yet. I know the you know the usage is there, which is certainly a a plus, I think. But um, one of the things he was really motivated for that game. I don't know if you guys saw that, watched the Raiders game, but he had 75 friends and family members uh, in attendance there, and because he's from or he's from around Oakland or from Oakland, and um, he he really balled out in that game. I thought he played exceptionally well. Um, the Raiders defense is not very good. Uh, the only reason I guess that I would take Mixon over those guys is that he's the only option they have. And, um, they tend to go to Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard some more in the passing game, I guess. Um, they get the Dolphins in week 16, so that's friendly. You can run against the Patriots in week 15. I don't think they'll win that game, but he could get garbage time. So sure. I'll, I guess I'll, I, I don't know. I'll take Joe Mixon, whatever. Okay. I, don't, I can't trust Tevin Coleman. No. This whole thing with 49, the 49ers yeah. is not – It's not. It's, you can't trust anybody on a week-to-week basis in there. I just think Kyle Shanahan is going to alter his game plan. You're not going to know who to use, and you're going to be frustrated. I'd rather have the – like, I'd rather have Joe Mixon than Saquon Barkley in that deal we did. <laughs> oh, I, it's funny that I've pretty much destroyed you in that deal. Killed me. Yeah, Killed like, me. going forward, I'd take your side. 
But yeah, yeah Barkley and Will Fuller for Diggs and um and Stan- Mixon. Diggs and Mixon. For, yeah, for Barkley and Fuller. That's funny how trades work out. Uh, so the one thing to know here certainly is that Devin Singletary and the the Bills in general have one of the worst schedules going forward. Denver, Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England in their next five games, and the Jets in Week 17. Coleman, you know, the schedule's fine, I guess, but it's, I don't know, actually three of his next five run defenses are pretty pretty tough. But, you know, he's got about 14 touches a game, a little more involved in the passing game, which is nice. Oh, How would you rank it, Chris, Mixon, Singletary, and Coleman? I think I would go Mixon... Singletary and Coleman. I, the thing with Mixon is he's the only guy that I feel confident is going to get 70% of his team's carries among those two. Like Tevin Coleman hasn't had more than 12 carries in any of the last four games, even with Matt Breida out and, and dealing with injuries over the last two weeks. I think I'd go Coleman over Singletary. Hi, guys. All right, Will. Thank you for, for hopping on. That's Will Brinson. All right, Will's out. So... I think I go, I don't have a huge preference here, but Coleman, at least I feel more comfortable in him getting goal line work than Singletary. We didn't sure. really see it in week 11, but we did see a fourth and one play. It was either third and one or fourth and one, and Frank Gore got to carry. So I'm still not convinced that, that Singletary is their short yardage slash goal line guy, whereas Coleman appears to have most of And Coleman's of in that. a better offense. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, Singletary's schedule is awful. Last question is from Engineering Lifestyle. I am not familiar with that lifestyle, Chris. I I know nothing about that lifestyle. The engineering people in college are just it's like you look at them and you're like, "Okay, you're smarter than me. I don't I don't think I can be around you." It's intimidating. So, I don't think I'm going to read this question. We are I done. think you should read the question. All right. Can I trust Deshaun Watson for the playoffs or should I get a backup quarterback? Of course you can trust him for the playoffs. I don't even read me the schedule. Like he's got New England in two weeks. You're not sitting Deshaun Watson against New England. I'm sorry. Like you're just not going to do it. It doesn't matter who. Like yes, he had a bad game against Baltimore. It's like the worst game he's ever had. Um, but he does have three games this year with twelve or fewer fantasy points. They were sure. Jacksonville, Carolina, and Baltimore. Watson has had almost an entire season of tough matchups, and in some of them he was great. Well, Some of them like he was bad. I know he was the number three fantasy quarterback coming into this game. I'm sure he moved down. But either way, he's still been a very good fantasy quarterback, even with tough matchups uh, most weeks. I just the upside is too high. The rushing ability is too great. Like you're looking at a stretch before last week where he had at least uh, 32 rushing yards in each game. He's got 50, 60 rushing yard upside in any given week. Uh, not to mention the ability to find the end zone on the ground. There are just there are too many ways for him to score. He could ha- he could struggle uh, throwing the ball and still end up with twenty five fantasy points because he could rush for a touchdown in thirty yards. Yeah, and historically, this team under Bill O'Brien, they just don't get a lot of rushing touchdowns from their running backs, which is always something that's going to favor Deshaun Watson. And he has big games with Will Fuller too. And hopefully, Will Fuller he could be back this week. If he's not back this week, I would expect him back in week 13. And Chris, can you believe it's week 12 already? <laughs> or like tomorrow? It's it's flying. I keep like, I'm, I, I wrote a bunch over the last like 24 hours and I keep like, is it really week? Is it, it was week 11 yesterday? <laughs> I know. It's kind of wild. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to believe the, the NFL season. It's, it's a sprint and we're 
what, three weeks away from the playoffs starting in most leagues? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's no. going to be a big week. Well, yeah, we have two more regular season weeks and then the playoffs. So, yeah, three weeks from the playoffs. Yeah, sorry. Uh, until, until 2021 comes around and we've got a 19-week regular season where everybody's playing 17 games and the playoffs extend through February. And every fantasy writer dies from exhaustion. Yeah. I think that... I I think that it's kind of funny that there had been this narrative when the ratings were down. I don't know what the ratings are now. I don't know if you know. They're up. They're up. That Thursday night football was one of the things that was ruining the fan experience. That there was too much exposure. I don't think they buy that one bit because we're going to get more games and we're going to extend it through the entire month of February. And I don't want, I don't want football to kind of cheapen the games. Like I'm, I'm against this move. I love the way it is now. I'm sure it'll be fine. But it's one, it's a special. Like if 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 baseball teams played 16 games, I'd be really really into baseball. Like like every game would be huge. It's it's a pretty unique thing you have. You shouldn't want to expand things too much. More playoff teams, more games. I, I like the know. idea of multiple buys. Hopefully in that will season? help guys get through the season a little fresher. I'd love I'd love to see uh, bye weeks before the Thursday night football game, so we're not left with yeah. quite so many guys missing because they have a sprained ankle that they could have played with in a different circumstance, or you know just aren't healthy. I, I, that's what I'd like to see. There, there are there are opportunities here, is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, Chris, thank you. Good show, sir. Thank you, Adam. And we will talk to you tomorrow with the waiver wire. Have a great night, everybody. And uh, who are we rooting for tonight? Uh, let's go. Let's go, Chiefs. Chargers, you blew it last last week, so I don't have any affection for you anymore. I don't care if you make the playoffs or miss it. Let's go, Chiefs. See ya. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.